Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Schnapp, a.k.a. the Serene Home Nursing Agency podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Condon. Schnapp is here to explore the inner workings of the American healthcare system. We want to educate and inspire our listeners by diving into the minds of healthcare professionals and people with extraordinary stories. This is what I came to this field for, uh, honestly, um, just to help people achieve their goals using my passion of nutrition. It's just, it's an awesome feeling. Today's guest is Alessandra Beyer. She is a dietitian and a new mother. We are going to discuss what goes into being a dietitian, her main focus of patients with diabetes, and her story of having a baby during the peak of the pandemic. I hope you guys enjoy. How are you doing today? I'm, I'm just Alessandra, but you want me to roll the R's or you want me to just call you nah, Ali today? It's fine. It's fine. You can call me Alessandra, Ali, whatever you'd like is fine. Okay. How are you doing today, Ali? Doing good. Doing good. How about you, Jesse? I'm pretty good. I'm, I'm excited for today because uh, the past couple of episodes have been like Zoom interviews. So it's, it's nice to have like a, a human being in nice. front of me right now. It's, it's cool. Great. So, um, Ali, you are a dietitian, correct? Yes. Um, when I was put in touch with Ali, I was looking for a nutritionist and naive Jesse thinking that nutritionist and dietitian were kind of the same thing, but they're actually not. Um, so when I got put in touch with Ali, who's a dietitian, I was asking her what the difference is. So can you let our listeners know what the difference is between a nutritionist and a dietitian? Yeah, so it's totally normal. A lot of people uh, think it's the same thing. But basically, uh, a dietitian actually has to have some schooling behind them. Uh, they have to go through a lot of clinicals, some rotations, um, and they have to be board certified. Uh, nutritionist, on the other hand, anybody can be, uh, believe it or not. So if you're interested in uh, nutrition and you read a couple books or took a couple of online classes, you can very well be a nutritionist. So it's not regulated. How much schooling exactly do you need to be a dietitian? So uh, to be a dietitian, you need a bachelor's degree. Um, as of January 2024, though, you actually need a master's degree. Uh, then you have to go through about 1,200 hours of clinical and community rotations in something called a dietetic internship. And then you have to pass the RD exam. So RD stands for Registered Dietitian. Okay, so how long have you been a dietitian for? Like, how long ago did you go through all of that? So, uh, my first career, actually, I was a broker before this. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, I always, I liked my job, nothing wrong with it at all, but I always loved nutrition. I always loved reading about it. Um, just everything about it. So what I did was I went back to school and, uh, for me, it took about four years and I've been a dietitian for four years now. So you were a broker before that. Yeah, yeah. What made you transition <laughs> in such a like that's a such a 180. It's very different fields. So like what made you want to become a dietitian? Um honestly, I in high school, I didn't even know dietitians existed. I didn't know it was a thing at all. I just was interested in you nutrition. You probably thought they were the same thing as nutritionists. Yeah, exactly. And I didn't really know where to go. Um so I mean, I kind of I I went to business school. I enjoyed it. Um and I became a broker I enjoyed that too, but in the back of my mind, it was always, you know, just uh, talking to me, go back, go back, go back. And I did, and I, oh, it's amazing. Go back to school, that's what you mean? Back to school, yeah. Oh, you were, yeah. you and I are not very similar. <laughs> I'm still in school right now, and I'm, I can't go to wait school, to get, keep I can't going. Wait, can't wait to finish. Nah, my keep going. Once you finish, you're going to miss it. <laughs> so, 
you've been a dietitian since about 2017, you mm-hmm. said. Um, what type of people do you work with the, the most? Like, what do you specialize in? So right now I work in something called an outpatient setting uh, in a primary care clinic um, where just like anybody would go see their primary care provider, um, I work alongside them. And specifically, I'm also certified in diabetes care and education. So most of my patients are above the age of 50 um, with diabetes. Okay. So people with diabetes. Mostly. Okay. Um, I actually on the way up here, ask you a question. I kind of thought this was amazing, but how many people do you oversee? Uh, so <laughs> about th- three to 5,000, I would see. Uh, I would say that uh, I have, is in my panel is about um, 3,000 to 5,000. So when you care for these three to 5,000 people, um, a lot of them, most of them are what you say, uh, they have diabetes. So Is there like a specific – like what do you have to do to treat someone who has diabetes as opposed to just someone who is maybe trying to like get in shape or something like that? Like what is the difference? So you definitely need the medical background and that's where, uh, again, the the difference between a dietitian and a nutritionist comes into play. Uh, You need to know medications. You need to know their history, how the body works. You need to know how to read labs. Yeah, so basically depends on uh, if they're on medications, if they're not on medications. Um, it, it's a little bit more complex than uh, someone that doesn't have any underlying conditions. So we'd have to kind of like dive in a little bit more on the medical side of it to okay. treat them. So that's where, like you said, the schooling comes in, different things like that. Because like yes. a nutritionist would not be able to deal no. with di- people with diabetes. No, no, it's actually um, – uh, sometimes harmful. Really? In what way? Um, well, for example, uh, sometimes, you know, I, sometimes it would be uh, recommended by a nutritionist or someone that's um, into nutrition to go on certain diets that, uh, that avoid carbohydrates. Um, people with diabetes need some sort of carbohydrates, especially if they're on insulin or certain medications. Otherwise, they can uh, have their blood sugars drop too low, which uh, leads to hospitalization and um, some harmful effects on the body. So, yeah, it's not recommended that a, a person with diabetes or uh, with any underlying chronic conditions um, sees anybody but a dietitian in regards to food. So um, aside from people who, like you said, you specialize with diabetes, obviously, which is what we've been talking about. Aside from that, what do you think is like the biggest reason someone comes to a dietitian? aside from what you normally see with your patients who have diabetes? Mm -hmm. So um, a lot of reasons, actually. Uh, So it's not just for weight loss. A lot of people come for weight gain uh, just to uh, prevent disease overall. Um, also, uh, people with underlying chronic conditions like uh, chronic kidney disease or coronary artery disease or people undergoing cancer treatment, um, they all need a dietitian. Even people with eating disorders, uh, people that are uh, undergoing bariatric surgery, uh, like weight loss surgery, they would need a dietitian. Uh, this is in the outpatient setting. In an inpatient setting uh, for people who are acutely ill, uh, in the hospital, um, sometimes are malnourished, so they would need a dietitian to kind of come and assess their intake, assess their needs, 
uh, and kind of help them um, through that. Sometimes they have to manage tube feeding. So some people who can't swallow um, for whatever reason, they would need a tube feeding uh, and dietitians manage that. Um, sometimes when people uh, have um, compromised gastrointestinal systems, they would have to be fed parenterally, which means uh, nutrition through your veins, so intravenously, and a dietitian would do that. Uh, then there's other dietitians. We have uh, food service management dietitians who kind of manage um, all of uh, organizations and nutrition adequacy of uh, certain meals and, and um, things like that. Community dietitians who advocate for policies, research dietitians who do the research behind it, uh, sports dietitians who manage uh, meals for uh, athletes and um, and things like that. Did I miss anybody? Yeah, we do a lot. <laughs> yeah. So like hearing you talk about it, it's pretty obvious that like it's very medical based. Most yeah. of your patients are like actually very medical based. So I was asking something a little earlier and I was kind of referring to like people trying to get in shape and you, you said that would be more like a nutritionist. So a nutritionist is able to do that, but they're not able to do what a dietitian does, obviously. No, so I wouldn't recommend a nutritionist for anybody, um, especially anybody with a uh, with underlying conditions, chronic yeah. underlying conditions. Um, and then it's basically you want to seek out a dietitian to, to help you, especially when you have the underlying conditions. But it's just it's different because when you have those underlying conditions, such as diabetes or coronary artery disease or any any anything, um, you would need the medical background to kind of look into it a little bit closely. Um, but yeah, you know, if you're someone who's getting into shape, you, you could read your own book and and kind of like yeah, figure it out yourself. on your own. I feel you like know. a lot of people look to a nutritionist because they don't want to do that. Like they don't want to just do the research themselves. Some I people know. like just like hearing it from other people. Like I personally kind of just like do my own thing. I'm very yeah, that's great. I like the gym. I like eating healthy. So like I I understand nutrition but i don't understand like what it would be to be a dietitian because obviously you need the schooling so like where i was going with that question was like nutritionist which you don't really recommend anyone to go to would well just because anybody could be a nutritionist yeah, exactly. so, so what you are you gonna do you're gonna pay so much know. money for it yeah. yeah so they're typically dealing with people i feel like that are trying to get into shape which is what i was saying before right so do you have people that are just trying to get into shape without like underlying problems that come like to you as a dietitian? Um so when you say like get into shape um if you're referring to kind of like physically uh like they you know they would be referred oh so eating healthier is different yeah so they yeah I definitely um uh have patients that don't have underlying conditions that are just looking to lose weight or eat healthier yeah, yeah absolutely and I help them navigate through that. So you like prepare diets for them and do different things basically not necessarily I, you okay. know what's funny is i say i'm a dietitian but i don't put anybody on diets really? uh it's not sustainable as you could see like fad diets and things you know people go on them and then uh, chances are they don't stay on them um you know especially if you're just taking the specific individual who's just looking to lose weight get healthier uh get into shape as you would say um, but yeah, definitely. I have, uh, many patients without underlying conditions that I definitely help. So just curious if you're not, because like I, I was under the assumption that you would say that it would probably be healthier for you to eat this, this and that for those type of patients. So what do you do to help them lose weight? 
depends on what they do now. So like yeah, yeah. It, it and a lot of the times uh, in my patients specifically, it's not so much what they're eating, but why they're eating it. Um, a lot of factors come into play, such as socioeconomic status, such as stress factors, especially with COVID. You definitely see a shift in uh, people's progress, whether they gained weight, whether they lose weight, whether they uh, you know their labs look better or worse. Um, it's definitely a factor that comes into play. So I come in and I help navigate uh, and help them kind of figure out where they want to be and how to get there. So do you think personally, um, like you've been a dietitian for four years. So like, have you seen like a drastic change in how you eat and how you do different things now as like for yourself now that you've been schooled on like what a dietitian does and like what you're supposed to eat? And- no, it's a great question. Yeah. Um, so, hmm. I'd have to like look back, but at the same time, I feel like before I became a dietitian, I kind of always was, you know, eat relatively healthy Mediterranean diet, um, things like that. Uh, I wouldn't say that I changed anything much. I, I can't really go back on it um, and think like something drastic. I know like depending on my status, uh, you know, where I was in life, what I had to do, you know, what what other things I had to figure out. Um, yeah, no, with myself, I, I wouldn't say that uh, I changed anything much. Okay, because like, I feel like if I, I feel like the more I learn about stuff, I'm like, oh, wow, I, I probably shouldn't eat as much of this and I should eat that. Like, I, I feel like the more I research it, so yeah. like if I went to school for that, I feel like yeah. I would just like, everything would be different change. from how I eat now. No, it's a good question. Um, It really is. It depends on your goals. You know, I feel yeah. like your goals change all the time. Sometimes, you know, if your goal is like, yeah, I went through a Tough mutter <laughs> and I trained for a Tough mutter. Okay, well, my eating changed then. So uh, I changed the way I ate during that time versus let's say I'm just, you know, trying to to make sure that I get enough meals and snacks during the day because I'm running around to school and work, school and work. Yeah. You know, that the goal is just getting the day done. Um, yeah. So it depends on your goals, I so, feel. Yeah. And does it like depend on lifestyle as well for like someone who's maybe like at a desk all day, you'd probably treat them different than someone who is up and walking around doing different things, correct? Yeah, it, it totally depends. It really depends on the person, on the individual, what their status is, what their physical activity is what they're willing to do. It really comes yeah. down to what the person wants to do yeah. um, and what their goals are. Not what my goals are for them, not what society's goals are for them, but what they want to do. And that's where I come in to meet them where they're at and try to help them get to where they want to be. Yeah, and that that's interesting because it's obvious that like a dietitian looks into it further, like much further than a nutritionist because you're – Focusing on the individual themselves and, like, their lifestyle and what they want, like, specifically for that person. So, like, you're dealing with thousands of people and, like, having to look deeply into each person's routine and what they usually do on a daily basis and, like, basically tweaking it to help them be healthier. So, like, I understand now, like, I've read about it and, like, now hearing it from you, I kind of understand more, like, why you need the medical background because you're looking into each patient so deeply. Everything. And I would say every person uh, is totally different than the next. So my recommendation for one person is totally different than the next next person because it really depends on the individual themselves. So with people, I mean, a majority of the patients you have have diabetes, but, like, 
so they're probably reoccurring people that you've seen for years now or like have consistently been with them like do you think like do a lot of people usually just like start up with the dietitian and like kind of fall off because like you said before like a little different but like with when you start a diet you're like some people get on like a health streak like all right i want to be healthy i want to go to the gym and then they kind of fall off so like does the same thing happen with a dietitian uh good question so yeah you'd have some people um who are so i i work on a referral basis primarily so if the primary care physician or the nurse or the social worker or the pharmacist that i work for says hmm this patient needs uh some education or some counseling for for their food intake, then they would be referred to me. And usually they would stick with me uh, yeah. to achieve their goals. I would find out what their goals are. I would find out how we can navigate through that. I would monitor them. Uh, I would stick with them. And then, you know, sometimes um, they may fall off. They may move. They may have different, um, you know, family factors or anything. But then if they sometimes they get re-referred back to me. But I would say for the most part, um, uh yeah I I had we I monitor my patients um on an ongoing basis. Yeah, so that's why I assume just because they have I mean is diabetes is not curable, right? That's something that like you'll always have. Um in a way it depends. Uh so type 1 no, uh it's treatable. I would say it's treatable for the most part. Okay. Uh when you have a type 2 for example, sometimes, um, you know, if they were just diagnosed with diabetes, uh, not on any medication, not on anything, uh, and the first recommendation is lifestyle change or lifestyle factors, uh, and they come to me, and then all of a sudden, you know, they're, they're making all this progress, uh, eating well, exercising, and then all of a sudden, uh, their blood sugars drop to a point where it's no longer considered diabetes, and it's it's it stays that way, then... It's nice. It's yeah, really nice for the patient. Yeah. Yeah. And it's probably a good feeling for you because you're like, ah, oh, all right. Oh, yeah. I did, absolutely. What, I, I did yeah. what I'm supposed to do. No, it yeah. just feels good to be able to help people uh, like that. Oh, okay. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. So it's do you really think great. that's like one of your favorite aspects of like doing it is just actually like being able to help the people? Yeah, absolutely. I This is what I came to this field for. Uh, honestly, um, just to help people achieve their goals using my passion of nutrition is just it's an awesome feeling. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. So aside from Ali being a dietitian, like you have a pretty interesting story. Uh I wanted to kind of like segue into this and I don't know, like really a great time to do it because they're, they're a little, they're pretty different, but you recently or not very recently became a mother. So your son's a year old now. He just turned a year, right? So Allie had a kid, uh, last year. And if you know what time it's, what is it? May 20th, May 21st or something like that. So last year at this time, like it was the peak of COVID-19 and you actually had, what is your son's name? Dominic. Dominic. So you had Dominic while you actually contracted the virus, correct? Yeah. So can you like kind of go into that a little bit? Because like it, it was funny that like I contacted you about speaking to a dietitian and you were like, yeah, well, like this also happened too. And I was like, <laughs> wait, that's crazy. Like we can't not talk about that now. So can you kind of go into that a little bit too? Because that is a really interesting story. Yeah. So it was interesting uh, because my son was due at the end of April 2020. Uh, and what happened was when I went in to get induced, I had tested positive for COVID. Uh, but I was asymptomatic. So, um, of course that changed everything, every perception of being a new mother, yeah. uh, in the world. So, of course, um, at that time it was, uh, it, the, the hospital policy at that time was to separate the, 
the mother from the baby. So that was um, not such a good time. But at the same time, I got to hold him for a minute before he was taken away. And, you know, at that time, no one knew what they were doing. Uh, everybody was kind of – there was no new. guidelines. Yeah. Everybody was changing every day. So I just wanted him to be safe. Uh, so – and luckily, uh, which was good, is that that very same day, maybe a few hours later, the, the hospital policy changed where he was reunited with me. So it was nice. The same um, day? The same day. Yeah, it okay. was later on that day. Uh, but he was reunited with me and he was great. He was such a trooper just coming <laughs> out like looking all mad. He wasn't even crying. He's just – he's awesome. He's my hero. So since <laughs> – that's awesome. Yeah. Um, where since you, you had the virus while you had him, like did the baby contract? So luckily, the virus? yeah, good question. So luckily, the next day he was swabbed and he was negative. Um, however, because of the recommendations are to isolate yourself uh, for two weeks at the time. Um, I had we had to me and my husband had to wear masks, gloves around the baby. It was recommended to wear that um, to take care of him, and and it was really really difficult because we have zero experience with babies prior. To this is my your son. first kid, yeah, yeah. Okay, and I mean we were never around any kids, like any cousins, nothing. Yeah. So we didn't even change a diaper. So just imagine this. So we were hoping that like maybe the grandmas can come over to help or something. No, none of that because yeah. we had to isolate ourselves. We had to uh, basically just get thrown in the fire and figure it out. Yeah. Um, no one was able to come over and help. No one was able to touch him. Um, it was very difficult uh, because I didn't know what I was doing. You were just I, learning on the fly. Learning on the fly. It was very scary, you too. You got to YouTube it at that point. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, there was no time for YouTube. Forget about it. It was just like this kid was just hungry all the time. I didn't even know what was going on. But uh, it was very scary, too, because even though I was asymptomatic and the baby was negative, like we didn't know what this virus was capable of at the time and um also since uh two weeks prior my dad had passed away from covid uh i was really on edge just looking at his every breath um just thinking the like the worst with every cry everything um two weeks before dominic was born yeah really uh, sorry to hear that yeah thank you um, yeah, it was just a really rough time uh, because you didn't know what was going to happen. And I just wanted him to be safe. And uh, that was really my main concern. So when you said that you had to wear like you were recommended to wear masks and gloves around him, like how long did that last for like two, two weeks? Like, yeah, the, the normal two weeks. Two period. weeks. Yeah. But that's just so it, it just felt really unnatural. I mean, it yeah. just because you just wanted him safe. And yeah. um, that was my main concern, but really unnatural. Yeah, especially because even though, like, you weren't around babies, like you said, like, every, like I'm sure you had this image in your head of, like, what it's supposed to be like. You <laughs> see it in movies, people talk about it, and then you had to do, like, something completely different than the norm. Like, Yeah, that, no, that it wasn't was blissful, for yeah. sure. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, we look back, me and my husband, and uh, we look back at that time and... You know, we made it through, and uh, Dominic is awesome. He's just such a trooper, and all he wanted was to be fed and entertained. That's all he wanted. <laughs> he's he's still the same today, oh, right? Yeah, you, absolutely. Yeah, he's such actually, a boss. She referred to Dominic as a little linebacker before we came into the show today, so I thought that was hysterical. He, yes, for sure. That's he's awesome. a little linebacker that looks like the boss baby and acts like him too. Looks like the boss baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly really hysterical. Like um, so speaking of that. Um, I kind of asked you before if your lifestyle changed when you became a dietitian. 
Um, you said nothing changed too drastically, but what about when you like became pregnant with Dominic? Like, uh, then, then did that kick in a little bit? Like it had to kick in a little bit. Well, okay. So uh, when you're pregnant, uh, you have to avoid certain foods um, such as, well, alcohol, you have to stay away from. Uh, then certain foods such as like raw or unpasteurized foods. Um, so I couldn't have my sushi um, and also some cheeses that I like sometimes. I couldn't have that. Only some cheeses? Yeah, so anything that's unpasteurized. Uh, so pasteurized cheese is fine. Unpasteurized cheese is not because it can lead to foodborne illnesses, uh, which can put you – it can make the baby sick and it can make you sick. So sometimes unpasteurized cheeses such as like uh, sometimes brie is unpasteurized. So yeah. you have to stay away from that. But luckily the, I found some pasteurized brie and <laughs> it was fine. Uh, you, ha- you can't have any raw foods uh, like raw oysters, which I loved. So I had to get rid of that uh, raw clams um you really need your meats and and uh foods cooked well done really? uh, like even your steaks you can't have a medium medium it's rare. not recommended to have yeah. it medium rare because you really don't want to put yourself at risk uh to get sick yeah so the food safety is really important on yeah. that uh, but generally, uh, I mean, it really is like eat enough fiber, whole grains, fruits, vegetables, uh, lean proteins, which I kind of was following at the same time. So I really didn't change much except for, you know, like my favorites, like the sushi, the oysters, yeah. a little red wine here I'm and gonna, there. I'm going to apologize in advance for Allie for any uh, listeners that want to be future mothers and she's ruining <laughs> your favorite diet right now like so i'll apologize for her it's because, only for nine months <laughs> yeah so I, I would hate to have a, a nice juicy rare steak in front of my uh my future wife if, if that's the case while she's pregnant um so we were kind of talking about COVID 19 and how you obviously contracted it when you had dominic um, I kind of want to go back into like the dietitian aspect of it again with COVID. So I was hearing a lot that people with diabetes like had COVID like a lot worse and like people were being affected by it a lot worse. Did that like make it diff- like difficult or like did anything change in the way that you had to care for these patients or like what happened with that? Um, so for the most part, well, I, I personally didn't care for patients during, uh, COVID, uh, because I left, I was on maternity leave. I had the baby. Um, but, uh, yeah. So people with diabetes or any underlying chronic conditions were at higher risk for contracting COVID. Uh, I would say, um, also with age, as we age, we get more underlying conditions, chronic conditions. So that put us at risk to put people at risk for COVID. Yeah. Yeah. So is there anything that like diet wise, like, did you recommend any foods or vitamins? Because like, I heard a lot of different things um, when the virus was kind of like new, like when it first hit like around a year ago, or a little over a year ago, people were like, Oh, you need to have zinc, you need to have like, this vitamin, this food, like, Mm. Did anyone like actually yeah. like have any evidence that that actually helped it or like was there anything that you recommended because you knew it would help? So, yeah. So I didn't know because there's no quick fix. There's no magic bullet um, yeah. as of now, as of yet. But in the beginning, yeah, zinc was recommended, vitamin C and vitamin D. Um, and as trial, and that was only based on kind of experimental and anecdotal evidence. It didn't really harm patients, but as trials were carried out during the course of the year, they kind of found it that it's not 
very helpful or it's not significantly helpful. Yeah. You know, just like anything, but it's also not harmful. So it really depended on on the person and the individual status. Yeah. Uh, of course, that you know, that's on an inpatient basis, people who are acutely ill. Uh, overall, um, for the general population, you know, when people started uh, taking vitamin C, vitamin D, zinc, and everything, I, those are only really helpful if you're deficient yeah. uh, in the first place. So, you know, I would say there's there's just no magic bullet at this point. So even if you take those vitamins, because like I said, I do a lot of my own research myself just for like health and like I'm not a bodybuilder, but I like to work out and like taking different supplements that will help me with that. And I hear that like zinc and magnesium and all that is like good for that. So like I've I'm not currently taking any, but like I would take a lot of different vitamins. Uh, I just take a multivitamin now. But I would take a lot of different vitamins because I thought it would help me. So are you saying that like that's actually kind of like if you don't really? So it, it would depend because uh, vitamins, I would say, generally speaking, are really only helpful if you're deficient in a vitamin. So uh, and also a supp- you, your body can absorb vitamins better from food. So if you're eating an overall healthy diet, well balanced, uh, then you're you're technically getting all your vitamins and your body is absorbing it more efficiently. But is it difficult to get all of the um, vitamins you need in your, like, daily diet? No. Because, like, I feel like that was, like, the whole premise around why, like, your mom and dad were always like, yeah, make make sure you take your vitamins every day. Yeah. Because it was kind of, like, hard if to have, like, a balanced diet with all the vitamins that you would need in a day. You know, if you're young and you don't like certain foods, like certain vegetables, certain fruits, uh, you know, perhaps whole grains, if you're not real, if you don't really like them, then yeah, multivitamin vitamin is fine. It's not going to hurt you. It's actually going to, um, I wouldn't say it, it's going to help you, but if you don't have a well-balanced diet with all those vegetables, the fruits, the whole grains, then yeah, take a multivitamin. But if your diet mainly consists of those healthy, nutritious foods that have all the vitamins in them, then... Sometimes it's not really necessary. Yeah. But overall, if you take your labs or get your blood drawn and you're deficient in a vitamin then that's or a mineral, then that's when uh, it's warranted to be prescribed a vitamin. Yeah. See, like I feel like my mind's in that kind of like, like thought process because a lot of people don't have healthy diets. Like even when I'm like not eating as healthy as I normally eat, like – my mom will always be like, you eat so healthy. And like people will always like say that. And I'm like, I'm not even eating healthy for me right now. But then I see like my friends and different people like eating fast food all the time and different things like that. So I feel like for an individual who's not like actually aware of what they're putting into their body, that's the type of people that probably need the vitamins because right. eating McDonald's two or three times a day is not like a balanced diet. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And that kind of goes along with, you know, are you depends on your diet. Are you eating uh, the fruits, the vegetables um, and all the things that have the vitamins yeah. in them? Then, OK, great. Then you don't necessarily need that all the different supplements at once, yeah. um, which some of them may cause uh, toxicity. I mean, not like, you know, to a big point, but it may cause some side effects if you take too much of one supplement or too much of another. Uh, so it basically depends on what you eat. Yeah. And what your what your status is in your body. And if you take the reason I kind of stopped taking as many vitamins as I was is because I'm under the impression that if you're taking them and you do have a well-balanced diet cuz like I'm 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 a big person. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm pretty large so like I eat like five or six meals a day. That's like, good. Yeah, so good. Like, you're like um, my son. Y- yeah, literally. Not, he eats I'm like a, eight, eight meals a day. Yeah, I'm like a little linebacker. So <laughs> um I feel like your body's just 
filtering out all of that like excess stuff like you're kind of like peeing it out like with your kidneys and like filtering it and different things like that so i was like wow i kind of probably don't need this many vitamins if i'm eating this much food in a day yeah you likely don't yeah you likely don't because like I, I make sure i eat my vegetables like i uh i have like a significant amount of protein throughout my day i try not i try to stay away i mean I try to stay away from like the unhealthy carbs, but like I like my pasta and different I mean, things like that. That's so, a factor though. You enjoy yeah. that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like enjoy that's quality of life. If you want a good quality pasta, like enjoy it. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you do, you know, on that one day a week or a minority of the time. It just matters what you do the majority of the time. So enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. See, like that's what I try <laughs> and to. Don't, don't let anybody f- make you feel guilty. Yeah. No. See, like. I kind of like – I think I have a good balance to it. Um, like I wouldn't say I'm the like mecca of health and I like – I see a lot of people like this that like kind of like teeter in between like, all right, I'm going to indulge myself in some desserts today. But like I, I for the most part like try to keep a healthy diet because obviously it's very important and I'm kind of I guess brown nosing because I'm speaking to a dietitian right now. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just find it like very important and obviously with – your profession, um, since you need so much schooling, different things like that, like it is obviously very important for people to have this healthy diet. And like I said, in, in America, I, I just like I feel like no one really had like not many people are able to like find that balance, which is like not good. I mean, it's probably good for your business. It, well, no, <laughs> my business doesn't work like that. But at the same time, I think. Um, I think I would say America is moving in the right direction, uh, whereas, um, you know, people wanted to see rate of return, rate of investments happen right away, happen right away. And I think the last few years, they're seeing that overall healthy living, healthy lifestyle living really promotes health. And that is a really good investment in our future, yeah. um, an investment even in generations to come. And I think slowly but surely uh, that's that's happening, which is a good thing. Um, it's also reflected on uh, the field of dietetics, which is definitely growing. So, yeah, it, it, we're moving in the right direction, I would say, as a, as a whole. Um, but it starts with one person. I feel like there's like, as a whole, like... I'm glad that you think we're moving in the positive direction, which is a good thing. Um, but I feel like there's so many different directions that people are moving in, like, in this, like, day and age. Like, honestly, like, I'm just going to ask, like, what, like, do you recommend, like, vegan diet and, like, different things like that? Like, you could be vegan, you could be pescatarian, you could be vegetarian, like, I'm a carnivore. So like, <laughs> I want to know like do you think – like because I obviously like I said, I try to balance out my diet and have as much vegetables as possible. But like do you think that eliminating the meats and different things like that and like boosting the amount of vitamins and minerals you get from plants is like – is that a sufficient thing or do you think that there should be a like balance between the two? Um, so good question. Uh, you know, um, it depends on the person. So you coming to me saying I'm a carnivore. I love meat. I love my steak rare. You mentioned before. No, I wouldn't recommend it for you because, uh, it's not feasible. It may not be sustainable. Um, overall, plant based diets are shown to, to really help cardiovascular disease, overall health, um, and basically, you know, promote, uh, longevity. But, 
for a person who likes, you know, who really enjoys that cut of steak every now and then, their chicken, um, you know, or who eats a lot, who may not be able to get all their calories from just beans and peas and legumes, um, it may not be sustainable for them. So it really depends on the person. It always, I know I keep saying that, but it really depends on the individual. Um, you know, it depends on what their goals are, what their, what their likes are. And, and it, it, it all boils down to that. Yeah. It's, it, it's interesting you say that because, uh, I actually was hanging out with a friend last weekend who has never had meat. Like, there's, and like, like I said, I'm a carnivore. Like I grew up like eating steak and chicken and all that, like, because of my dad and whatnot. And her parents, like, had her never eat meat. And I was like, wow, that's, like, crazy. Like, not, like, anything against that, but, like, it was just wild to me because I was brought up, like, eating meat every day. So, like, she was saying, she's like, yeah, if I ate meat, like, I'd get extremely sick because, like, her body's just not used to it. So, you were saying, like, that it depends on the individual. And, like, since I'm used to that, like, it might not – if I just stop doing that cold turkey and just move to a vegan diet that like I might actually be sick just because like I'm not used to that? Not necessarily. Um, I would just say it's not – it wouldn't be sustainable for you, meaning uh, you wouldn't enjoy it. You know, if that's yeah. something that you enjoy, I, you know, maybe you could factor it in not all the time but uh, not totally eliminate it. So yeah. um, I really go against the, uh, the diet aspect of just eliminating food groups that you're used used to that you enjoy uh but basically if you're eating more plant-based foods uh, more so than the red meat then yeah that's that's helpful for you overall uh so it really depends on what your goals are you know if your goal is to eat less red meat and more plants then that that would be something that we would work with i would never tell you to eliminate your favorite food (laughs) as i get older like my father's side actually has like high cholesterol in there on their side of the family so as i get older like i'm trying to transition out of like so much red meat like i eat a, i eat chicken every day so like i i do eat like white meat but the red meat i'm just like uh, I, I i like it so much but like i do know that health problems are associated with it so like do you say for like some of your patients like maybe not get rid of it but cut down on it and like increase the vegetables so yeah so it depends it really um it, <laughs> i always say depends um yeah we we look at different uh leaner cuts of meat um uh perhaps di- you know if someone's like i need steak all the time and i love steak okay well obviously that person's not going to start eating fish every single day instead of their steak but we can look at leaner cuts of steak Steak, perhaps less yeah. of the saturated fat. Uh, you know, we could look at that. So I meet them where they're at, and then we we work Tweak toward it a little bit. yeah, exactly. Yeah. We work toward uh, a common goal between that person and where they want to be. So we're discussing a lot of different things of like foods and vitamins, and like I'm asking you a lot of questions on like what is it better to have veg- more vegetables and less meat and like basically like tweaking different things like you said like you you might not tell them to eliminate it um per se but like you kind of tweak it and make sure it's like a healthier amount for them to base- based on the individual so most of your patients have diabetes like you said is there any foods or like vitamins that people with diabetes actually have to like stay away from like i'm thinking of like a as i'm speaking mostly it's for like just a person like myself, I might be able to eat all these different things and vitamins and be fine. But like, is there anything that like your patients specifically can't like 
eat or need to stay away from? So patients with diabetes to stay away from totally, I, I, it really, I mean, I, again, like it depends on what they're doing now. If they're drinking a bottle of soda every single day, then that's something to cut down on. I wouldn't say eliminate something totally right off the bat. You know, it's hard to give recommendations when you don't know the person. So it's like you asking a physician, for example, you know, what would you do? Or a nurse, for example, what would you do? Should you take something out? Like, should you prescribe a pill to someone? Do you do you recommend this pill to 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 the population? Depends on the person. You know, the pill may be yeah. recommended for someone with high blood pressure, but for someone who doesn't have high blood pressure, the pill wouldn't be recommended. So it's hard for me to kind of give the recommendation uh, for the general population for anybody who has diabetes if it's not on yeah. an individual basis. Yeah, that makes sense. There's just so many different things that go into it. And, and like going back to like you having to go through schooling to understand all of these things that like I'm asking these generalized questions and then like come, we're just keep coming back to the fact that it, it's based off the individual, which is crazy because like there's just so many different thing like factors that go into it, which is like why I was kind of like amazed that you said you like see so many patients. I was like, wow, okay, like she has so many different things to look into for each person. Like that's actually really yeah. cool. So like, yeah, we might have to sit down and <laughs> you might have to fix my diet. I, I might have to get rid of some of the cheese that I eat. Ah, uh, no, we're never going to get rid of anything. Just, Don't just worry. Just limit it. Just limit it. <laughs> Aside from everything I've asked, we've talked about what you had to do in order to become a dietitian, and we've talked about the different types of patients you have. And like, usually, I, I mean, I've, I've, we're almost at an end of the show, so I usually wrap it up by asking my guests because, like, I've explained to you, all of my guests are in the healthcare field. So, like, there's different people from different niches in the healthcare field. I want to ask you two questions. The first one would be if there's a person who would like to see a dietitian or thinks they might need to see a dietitian, is there any advice you'd have for them? And the second question would be, if someone wants to become a dietitian, is there any advice you'd have for those individuals? Ah, so someone who wants to see a dietitian uh, for whatever reason, whether it's weight loss, whether it's weight gain or chronic conditions, yeah, absolutely, definitely. Um, especially, uh, you know, if they're going into their primary care physician's office and they see either their cholesterol is high or their blood sugar is high or um, their their weight's not where they want to be or for whatever reason, and uh, you know, you want to do it via diet and via lifestyle, the physician's not going to know what to to counsel you on or to, to tell you. They're not going to sit down with you like and look the at their phys- intake. physicians usually probably have a very generalized look at it. Yeah. It's like, oh, eat vegetables, eat fruit and don't eat whatever. Like, right. I feel They're like not they... going to sit down with you and navigate through all the yeah, factors yeah. That, that are involved. So absolutely, yes, yeah, seek a dietitian. Uh, we know a lot more than what people think. <laughs> and um, if a person is looking to become a dietitian, yes, absolutely, 100%, do it. Uh, chances are you have a passion for nutrition, you have a passion for helping people, and that's absolutely the field to be in. It takes work. Uh, it's getting very competitive now that the field is growing. Yeah. It's uh, pretty difficult to get into a dietetic internship. Uh, my advice is to volunteer whether it's in a clinical setting or a community setting. I remember volunteering and I started a nutrition education program uh, for low-income families. This was before I even finished school and it was awesome. I was teaching a bunch of people. Uh, it was great feedback. I learned a lot about from teaching. Uh, it put me in a good place 
to get into a really competitive internship and I, I have no regrets. It's awesome. That is great advice. And I like how you said that like it's, it's, gro- it's a growing field right yeah. now because mm-hmm. um, I think even before like the pandemic, but like especially during the pandemic, there was like such a huge like health kick. Like people were like, oh, I'm not going to work now. Like I'm going to like work out and do different things. So like I feel like b- even before that, it's kind of like a trend now to like be in the gym and doing all of these things people want to live yeah, they so, want to live <laughs> yeah like exactly so i'm like happy that people are kind of like that it is such a competitive field and like that's great advice for you to tell people pursuing that that career to like volunteer and learn a little bit more before you like actually like become a full-on dietitian because they're like we it's growing and like we kind of need that like i like like i said i was like yeah i don't think people in the united states like have great <laughs> diets but like if we have more dietitians <laughs> maybe maybe we could just get to a better place and like i said i'm i'm glad that you think that we're moving in a positive direction like now that like i kind of stepped back from the question i asked earlier i kind of see that too like i do see the health kick that's going on i do see people like working out and eating a little healthier and like i said there's different directions to move into whether you want to be vegan pescatarian vegetarian carnivore um (laughs) i see that like there is we are kind of moving in the the right direction so i'm glad that you have such good advice for uh the people who are seeking a dietitian and i'm glad that you had good advice for the people who want to become a dietitian and i'm most glad for you actually coming out here today oh no problem this is a great interview i had a lot of fun Thank you for listening to The Schnap. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And also, please don't forget to follow us on Instagram and YouTube at The Schnap. That's the S-H-N-A-P. This is your host, Jesse Condon, signing off.